welcome to Tools in the Shed. It's a podcast powered by Cars Guide and we are ready to rip any car stuff that's caught our eye this week. I'm James and with me is Mel. G'day James. And Tom. Go. And uh, this week we're looking at an Aussie automotive dream that's set to come true. And we'll visit the garage and discuss the cars that have been passing through it this week, although Tom's going to throw those rules out the window and talk about cars that we're going to drive soon, but that's yeah, okay. Sorry, guys. We make up the rules. Um, and we'll catch up with a bony, bona fide time traveller in this week's Muskwatch, so stay with us. But first of all, we've had some feedback, and all of it is terrific. So at comments at carsguide.com.au, Lembert Leave said, I thought respected car testers like you would not mix cars from Mitsubishi with Suzuki badge engineered ones. And we have collectively been racking our brains as to what that comment refers to, and we've come up empty. Mm. We, I know we were talking about Holden's, I mean, for example, the, the Drover. Uh, the Drover and the Scurry with the Drover Suzuki and the Scurry being the Suzuki ones. We're just not getting the Mitsubishi connection. I'm wondering, yeah, as I said to James before, I'm wondering whether they wound up in Indonesia wearing Mitsubishi badges. Oh, okay. Or who knows where. <laughs> That's where I mean, Mel's mind goes. What we do know is that the the Japanese brands are particularly uh, special with badge engineering right oh, yeah. now, particularly in the K cars. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, In that a Suzuki could wear all, you know, he, Honda There's Suzuki a Suzuki wearing right. a, a Mazda badge, that the Suzuki Hustler, which we're all fans of. Right. You can now get a Mazda version. That's pretty cool. The uh, the Jimny the the Jimny that was replaced last year, so the one that was around for twenty years, there was a Mazda version of it in Japan. Oh, how wow! Cool. Yeah. I, I didn't Fantastic. know that. Okay, well, Lembert, we need a bit Mazda more. Something. We <laughs> just need which. a bit more context, and <laughs> yeah. then we can more comprehensively respond to your feedback. But thank you for it, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Now, Garth Rudland says. Hi, bull riders. I think we were making a um, reference to mechanical bull riding, either in the last one oh, or the one. Rodeos, rodeos. Rodeos. That's right. Rodeos. Can rodeo. I chuck in? We didn't talk about uh, Rodeo Drive. I wonder what the deal is with Rodeo Drive. Given I think it's Rodeo Drive mm. is how it's more typically pronounced. We were mm. just talking about pronunciation of the Holden Rodeo yeah. or Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Everyone called it. Anyway. But the Americans ho- say rodeo. They do. For bull riding things. Yes. Mm. And... Anyway, I'm finished. Garth says, hi, bull riders. <laughs> My favourite Holden was the design tour de force, the Effigy, and the Tirana oh. TT36 was great also. Not a fan of the Epica and Malibu, and he feels for the dealers and workers. He says it's a warning that to be successful in the global scheme of things, your brand focus cannot be one model. So, I mean, he's really saying that Holden became the Commodore car company, and once that mm. kind of fell into a hole, the whole thing collapsed around it. I think that's pretty And true. we've had the conversation many times about how, in that critical time when they were, you know, the switchover was happening from sedan to SUV, they burned people with the Captiva. But looking at the bigger picture, even if Commodore was the best-selling car in Australia, it's still collectively, you know, the Holden badge product would still represent this in the Holden Empire. Well, that's true. So when GM, uh, sorry, the GM Empire. So when GM decides to stop right-hand drive production, a big success for us is still a tiny success for GM. Most definitely. You know. Yeah, drop in the ocean, all those kind of analogies. Yeah. And the Epic Epic was a bit weird. I mean, it wasn't very good, but it was very weird and not very good. Straight straight six engine, front wheel drive. How weird. Mm, Four stud wheels with a six. Well, I think when did you last the, see that? Uh, the Impala in the States is front-wheel drive, isn't it? It's yep. like a super big car. And they did a V8, drive. an LS yeah. V8 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Impala. Yeah. Probably. All right. Now, yeah. on YouTube, we had some commenters. And Bartonez123 says, I'm loving the magic book that you can see th- that can see through time and space. Uh, they were really ahead of the game back in the 80s. This is when Mal... Mal has a magic book. 
um, <laughs> that on the one hand is a workshop manual. It's from my kids' TV hand, show I also do. It's like the Magic Circle Club. You can see through it and go to another land. What? Uh, it, look, it's all. Oh, did you, you haven't watched last week's episode. It's I haven't watched do, last week's. It's all to do with this it, fallacy that we're somehow operating in a green screen environment. And oh this yeah, book of happened not. to be green. It's all. They should look, smell the oil in. Coincidences here. happen. All right, yeah, it, it was, was just Mel happened to have a magic and book. workshop residue that was evident. <laughs> <laughs> now, David Burt says the most famous Holden brand was Frigidaire. The first house I bought in the mid-80s had a beautiful Frigidaire stove, proudly stating a product of General Motors Holden. And what a great pickup that is, <laughs> that Frigidaire was a General Motors Holden brand. I think that might have been around World War Two. Was it? Maybe. Yeah. It was... I mean, when else do you go, oh, geez, we won't make cars, let's make white, white goods? It's a brand name that um, I'm aware of. I don't mm. know. I'd, I'd heard of Frigidaire for yeah, sure. I've seen one for sure. Have you? I don't own one, but um, mm. yeah. Are you, I bet you'd love to. You would love to acquire oh, come a Frigidaire. On. Who wouldn't want to have a Holden Beige <laughs> fridge? <laughs> exactly. All right. imagine be very efficient. What would the star rating be? Touchstar Touch Star 68 says a collective of journalists. I'd oh, said dear. that a collective term for journalists is a whinge of journalists. Mm. Right? And he says a collective term of journalists is a, a pool. And obviously a derogatory term would be a cesspool of journalists. I thought, I thought, it, I thought it would be a, a conference. A conference of journalists. <laughs> like, wouldn't it? Not bad. Press conference. Not bad. Mm. Now, de Kook says, uh, look, he's shed a tear. Um, thinking about uh, acquiring his midlife crisis, HSV Malou, it starts to make less, sense for him, uh, less and less sense for him. Um, but now once things uh, started to get real, that uh, for him it was like, mm. oh, I was going to have a Holden Malou, but uh, that's not going to happen anymore. Um, and what else does he say? There, then came this bombshell. Let's see how things develop with servicing network, etc. RIP Lion. So... De Kook won't be far off. He'll be, he's coming to Australia, I think, in March mm. from uh, Germany. All right. To visit us specifically? Or? Uh, Richard. I think he's staying with Richard, <laughs> and then Richard will uh, show him the sights <laughs> right. uh, from there. Chaperone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rico says, I'd like to nominate the Holden Zafira for particular mention with their mm. Flex 7 yeah. seats. Hats I believe off. it beat the Honda Jazz with its flat-folding rear seats to market. And, Mal, I know you responded to that. On YouTube, that uh, that's another great pickup. That's, that's a great tidbit, and it's symbolic of a time when Opal was really investing in practicality and in you know innovation and engineering. Yep. You know. Yeah. Gee, yeah. Wow. I remember seeing a couple of those as uh, disabled cabs. Really. Holden Zafira, Yeah. Because yeah. it was a pretty like it was was not a big car. Yeah. yeah. The space efficiency in there was incredible. And that size and shape of uh, people mover was very important for Europe before. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. Recent times. All right, and lastly, Bob a Job uh, came out and said that he enjoyed last week's podcast, but he was disheartened by so many keyboard warriors sinking the boot into Holden over the last few years. He prefers to focus on what Holden did for our history and culture. Uh, he'd forgotten about the scurry and calls out <laughs> the dare. Mazda Road Pacer as a special delivery oh, yeah. outside of Australia. So most of our viewers, I'd imagine, will know the Road Pacer, HG Premier, with a 13B oh, rotary. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. H- not HJ. HJ. I think HJ. Oh, no, not HG. HJ, yeah. sorry. At, at least uh, it was one of the HJ. HJ or H- HX. HX. With a 13B Master rotary in there mm. as a premium car. Mal pointed out when we were discussing this that it, speaking of fridges, had a fridge in its boot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, that, was, that was one of those things where um, the they 
uh, like Mazda had to hop into sort of what it could internationally to try and make up for a hole in its lineup in Japan, right? Yeah. Where they had what was it? Mitsubishi President was oh sure, and the Toyota flagship, Century, and, Toyota yeah, Century, yeah. Yeah. Which, and the Nissan, Century, I think, Nissan was the P12, which may have yeah. had a Mitsubishi version. Oh, what was the, what was the Mitsubishi called? It had a cool name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you um, know, put it in the comments. Uh, Debonair. De- Debonair? Debonair? That's one of them. Uh, might have been. Oh, people will know. Debonair will know. I'll put it in the comments. Don't worry. Uh, he also says, now I think um, our friend Bobajob is a former Holden Insider because he says, not sure how many people know that the Cadillac CTS was 100% ready for launch until the uh, first news of the GSC broke. And New Zealand immediately got a special delivery of 250-odd cars mm. that were ready to go through GM uh, premium brands. And he also says, and the insignia was also so close, we could smell it uh, to launch as a Holden, but the exec got nervous about it, being more relevant to new markets than Commodore, so it got parked up. Mm. So that's interesting too, isn't it? I think what he means there is the... Because the insignia replaced the Vectra. Yes, and we eventually got the insignia wearing opal badges, but later in its life. And I think what yep. he's saying is that we were set to get the insignia as a whole Early much earlier. On. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, and that makes sense. But um, great tidbit. He says also on the underperformance of the Colorado, the business was eagerly awaiting the arrival of the all new RG in 2012, but GM's Chapter 11 bankruptcy kinked the development umbilical cord and hampered it from the word go. Uh, launching with an uncompetitive four-star ANCAP rating and never really climbing out of the rut. So many stories, Holden. You helped paint the fabric of Australia. Thank you. So that was fantastic. Just a, a little insight into the stuff that goes on. You, oh, from, you, in, from the inside. From the inside. And like you tend to get this polished version of events and this is how it went down. And then it's it's just a bunch of people like the rest of us uh, trying to get on and do the best job they can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I've said in this podcast before, I think we should just be grateful they managed to hang on as long as they did. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, the main topic of conversation today is that we unearthed during the week the fact that Toyota Australia has registered the name GR for Hilux GR. So you GR Hilux. I, I beg your pardon, Mel. GR Hilux. All important. Um, obviously pointing towards a performance-focused, gruntier version of the Hilux. Now, we should point out that it's just registration of the name. Toyota's mm-hmm. come back and said, we do this from time to time mm-hmm. just to keep the ground clear in case we want to go down certain paths from a marketing strategy and product point of view. But uh, it's a pretty big clue that they're going to fight back against the likes of a Ford Raptor, mm. um, an Intrek Warrior, uh, with possibly a, Hil- a GR Hilux. Did mm. I get that right now? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, no, it does make a difference, though, because they were very big on saying if it was going to get the GR treatment, yep. it would be GR Hilux and it would have a significant performance jump, right? Right. Ooh. So, but we need to read between the lines there. Performance isn't just power. Yes. Look at the Raptor. It's suspension. got a performance jump and then it's yeah. got suspension, etc. Yep. But no extra power. That's so, right. Did, did the fingers cross like, they actually mean more power? Do, do the buyers care? Because, like, at the end of the day, you get out there, Raptor has caused such a stir, and yeah, sure, yeah. you've got a million keyboard warriors, as someone pointed out, getting out there and saying, oh, two-liter engine, whatever, but still, they're selling plenty of them, and yeah, it's created true. such a rush that now you've got Toyota going out there, you've got Nissan going out there, you've got everyone rushing to try and go, oh, my God, there's a whole market yeah. segment which we are behind on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many more do you think they would sell if they did have more performance? Maybe not even that many, right? Mm. Maybe Volkswagen, there's a price Volkswagen's getting a good reaction from V6 Amarok. Mm. They've really led the the charge there. I find it interesting that you know you can spend the same money 
V6 Amarok or uh, the Ranger Raptor, and it's just two sides of a different yeah, coin. One is one is power, and give one is one with both. Give us Toyota, one with both, yeah, maybe. Gia. Yeah, I go. want the one with neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want and the I, low power, no, you know, special suspension. And Actually, James doesn't I'm probably want to in a buy four it. Four by two workmate. Yeah, four, four by two low <laughs> rider, single cab, single cab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, petrol with bunny stickers on the doors. And I'll just keep the cab chassis. I won't even put anything on the back of it. <laughs> Make it completely useless. But Mel, you had some thoughts on on this. So, yeah. So, um, sorry, I do have some thoughts. Uh, so they said notice performance question mark on whether that means power. Yep. But um, we should also reflect that we've recently seen the GR Sport appear for South America, which is basically just a V6 Hilux with uh, some visual enhancements. You mean South Africa? Did I? What did I say? You said South America. I thought it was South America. I think it's South Africa. Okay. It's a right-hand drive car because anyway, there was not of, here. Yeah. And for those on YouTube, we'll probably have some vision of that one um, up behind us while we're talking. Yep. South America. V6 powered, and uh, it's the old four litre V6. Yeah, which okay. with um, the same outputs right. we had here when before it got cancelled because no one was buying it. 175 right. kilowatts, 375 newton meters yeah. for anyone interested. Yep. Um, also, uh, the Dakar Hilux has been wearing GR uh, mm. livery for some years now. Yep. Uh, I'd also like to point out that the Dakar Hilux has a five litre V8, petrol yes. V8, yeah. from the GSF RCF. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty swish V8. Mm. Gee, if only we had a racing category with five litre V8 engines. Hmm. Um, Mel's going for a mashup between the Paris yeah. Dakar and Bathurst. Yeah, I think that would actually, if you could have sand dunes, yeah, sort of halfway it. down Conrod Strait, something yeah. like that. So you, if we just divert off that to an off-road bit, get some offer serious, me any argument against that. That would be a. It's a. It's the rally cross Bathurst one thousand. This is like that bad. would be amazing. This is like could they could they flood the Coliseum and do faux naval battles in there? Yeah, this is like I think they did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, well, they sharks. Were, some suggestion. Yeah. I think yeah. we've just solved supercars' problem with the com- the Holden's departure. It's a That's Ute, it. Get it's some a Perry Decker Ute-based rallycross mm. style one thousand kilometer. Yep, encourage some curve hopping. Imagine the chase, the gravel traps. People would th- think the race could keep going. Think of the lack of safety cars. Yeah, if this. V8 Hilux could climb its way out of the gravel trap at the end of Celtic. Instead chase. of having to pull in for a pit stop for fuel, you have to pull in and knock up a pergola or something like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or or, uh, or pitch a tent or something uh, yeah, as an that, added element. That could be the workmate class. Yeah, it could be. Bring back class based racing. Class based workmate. Yep. You've got your 4x2s, four, four, four 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 one's two, a cab chassis, one's a tub truck. How do they yep. survive the sand? 4x2, 4x4. Four four. work's all done. If you're a 4x2 lowrider, how do you get through the sandy bits? Uh, you don't. You don't. Separate course. Separate you're a, course. You're a, yeah, so yeah. you get the fuel consumption advantage, yeah. whereas the V8s can climb out of the gravel. Are it's, they, are they, are they petrol? Knows? Are they all petrol? Is that what we're talking? Probably. Probably, right? Yeah, well, they're mostly V8. Yeah. You'd have but to you line up a diesel, diesel sponsor. Yeah. Either way, I think we just laid out I the think template. we've done it. The hard work's done. Yeah, super cool, cars. great. Yeah. Just call us up. Talk There's to us a, about the details yeah, later. I do have we'll, some we'll draw more. up a contract. It's fine. Yeah. So that, you know, does GR need to have a motorsport link? So the first proper GR we have seen has been the GR Yaris, yep. and it's pretty close links to WRC. Yes. Um, the Corolla we know is coming. Uh, there is, there's no Corolla in TCR, mm. I'm surprised to see, but there is a, a Corolla in BTCC, yep. but it is front-wheel drive naturally aspirated, I believe. Um, the, super, the Super is a GR, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and no one's racing that. Oh, oh, they have a GT3. GT, GT4. GT4? GT4. Okay. They, they have a GT car that can be purchased. 
Yeah, anyway, but the more motorsport links, the better, I think, uh, particularly if someone manages to wrangle the word homologation in there. Yes, has, has anyone yeah. seen the um, success? A Japanese, touring, um, Japanese touring series, uh, Prius. It looks awesome. Yes, I have it's seen it. It's the coolest looking... Current model? Yeah. It looks, they race it. It looks... No, it's... Just, well, yeah, but it's it's not a Prius. Yep. It just has like a Prius-like body, but they've like flattened it and stretched it, and it looks so mean. How strange that something like that would happen in Japan. I know. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. uh, bottom line, more performance models from Toyota is yes. surely a good thing. Well, I suppose the operative thing is that GR, it's racing, Gazoo racing. Yeah. So there's some element of, yes, it might be the suspension, but you'd have to think there'd be some little yeah. tweaks to the engine. Once again, well, Raptor yeah? is wearing Ford performance stickers everywhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good. And, and there's some suggestion now that, you know, Raptor might be st- trying to stay ahead of that game by putting the Mustangs V8 in, although um, Ford Australia was keen to sort of put some, that. Yeah, put some water on that <laughs> as quickly as possible. Yeah. We've well, got a great story from our Mr. Chesterton uh, suggesting that we'll take until the next generation if it happens. Yeah. Mm. And that makes sense to me. Can you imagine the work involved in getting sure. that V8 in there? You know, the, getting all the safety compliance, getting the cooling system engineered. Transmission, all that business that costs millions of dollars. I think at a, at a kind of strategic level, we were in the podcast recently talking about how there's been such rapid-fire introduction of new variants of all of the utes because that market is exploding. Mm. That Toyota's almost fallen off the pace. You know, they, they launched all... They didn't keep any powder dry, came out with uh, your Rugged and your Rugged X and the other one, whatever that's called, and... Bang, Rogue. The Rogue. So they're all out there. Meantime, other brands come up with, with theirs, yeah. and Toyota's kind of, it's timely if they were able to come up with something fresh. You know? But Although, from their point of view, they're still the best-selling one. Exa- oh, exactly. Yes, absolutely true. Ma- ma- yes. Maybe it goes to show, you know, if you've got the core range, if you've got the core fan base, maybe it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, mm. you know? yeah like, like You point. can go out there and shout about performance models, and it looks really good in the media when you're like, the Ford, for example, they, they seem to come up with a new thing every every three to six months. On the, Raptor, sure. on the yeah. Ranger. Yeah, there's a new Ranger. Yeah. Oh, it's got a new grill, it's got a sticker pack, it's got yeah. this, it's yeah. got, it's got that. Sync 12. Yeah, and, you know, Toyota could have done that with their... Thing. You know, they could have bled those models out over yeah. a long time, but it was just a strange marketing choice to go, eh, there they are, take them or leave them. I think the range has been helped by having the American version. Mm. So they did a lot of re-engineering and, you know, pre- preparing it for the US market, and I think we just kind of scored some, some yes. of the fridge benefits of that. So they, they've got the EcoBoost one, which is very cool. EcoBoost petrol. I, I would love to have a go in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think well, just, we, we, we... No one would buy so one here. Sense. We unashamedly get uh, sucked into that vortex occasionally. Like, you know, we turned up to the uh, Mustang R-Spec launch uh, to drive the car that's already sold out. Yeah. Uh, But it's because we know our readers are going to want to know what it's like to experience uh, Mm. that car. And there may be a follow-up run and and who knows. Exactly. They didn't shut the door on doing more of those cars because when they came up with them, they knew that they would be popular and they knew that there was a really good chance that they would sell out almost instantaneously. So they said, look, we're not going to shut the door on doing more. And it's a similar formula to the Navara Intric Warrior where they've taken a car that's built elsewhere, they've brought it in, some local engineers have made some changes and they've managed to still sell it for yes. a, a you know a, a realistic price uh-huh. from the factory with a factory warranty which yeah. is a big b- yep. bigly important and yeah. bottom yeah the, the key words there are local engineers yes and uh, Australia all right so product. suffice it to say we're pretty excited by the prospect of a GR version of the Hilux of mm. you know top selling car in the market mm. was there anything else you had in your locker there Mel James 
done. Very good. No, you're done. Okay, done. good. Thank <laughs> you for right. asking. Well, 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 I mean, wow. No props. Something else was the only thing I'd say is, you know, what engine do, does Toyota have to to bring from for that vehicle? You've got that five liter V8. You've got the old four-liter, which is seems unlikely yeah, right, for yeah. our market. Oh, I'd love to see a two-liter turbo petrol, mm-hmm. like yep, you know that two-liter engine that came with the Corolla. Uh, are we seeing a turbo version yet? I'm not sure, but it's so going to happen, yep. and it would be just like the car weighs two tons. Yes, uh, and if oh, we've seen what they're about to screw out of a 1.6-liter three-cylinder, so yeah, you know, my yeah. my my only thought on that is. Um, Will that torpedo its chances of being as successful? Because I think one of the beauties of Ranger, you know, as much as people complain about the fact that it doesn't have that performance engine, it's still a diesel. Yeah. I think diesel's so big in Australia in that class. But look at what they're achieving with petrol efficiency mm, Yeah, elsewhere. And we're kind of watching this, you know, diesel having a bit of a whiff about it, you know, around the world. I don't know. I don't know. Someone's going to do it. Maybe that's a new lease of life for Prius if they could do a ute version of uh, of Prius. I've got an angle grinder. The, the Prius exactly. pickup. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. We could make I a see. one-off. Yeah. If people can make a, you know, Tesla Cybertruck, we can make a Prius ute. I, th- I think Prius is... Prius Land LA? Wow. Like a <laughs> closer. <laughs> we just extend it a bit and have a soft top the back half of the roof. Yeah, uh, or a bit of roof for the driver and I was thinking for everyone else. Pri- Prius is in a, a funny position at the moment because it's one of those cars that needs something entirely new to keep yeah, it relevant. A like, ute and a yeah. Lambda a, a ute, fully electric ute. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I think I just destroyed everyone's eardrums. Um, but do they need a Prius? It's the bigger question. No, no, well, it probably probably purpose. not. But yes, it served its purpose. Mm. But could it live on? I mean, this is my thought, right? They've done it with the the Mirai. Yeah. Um, it's now got this kind of entirely new look. And maybe Prius, you know, instead of sit there and say, oh, okay, Prius lived its life and introduced everyone to hybrid. Hybrid is now, that in technology is now in every Toyota almost. Um, mm. You know, now do we say, okay, well, the next Prius is maybe hydrogen or it's fully electric or, you know, it's that kind of next generation of... That's the Mirai's job, I though. think that's yeah, it. Could, I, could I think the Mirai. The, the Mirai is the next Prius. Looks I cool, though, breaking, with breaking the ice and abracadabra, yeah. which symbolises... The Toyota Abracadabra. Yeah. What is that? It's got the perpetual motion engine. Oh, fantastic. Great. Gotcha. Heard it here first. Yeah, that'll yep. be a market breakthrough. And you don't even <laughs> bugger the fueling infrastructure. Yeah. You don't need any. You don't need it. Yeah. yeah. Where we're going, we don't need refueling infrastructure. Whatever Abracadabra is in Japanese, I think it would be. Okay. We'll Great. have to look that up. Right. Now, on that note, we're going to move on <laughs> <laughs> to cars in the garage, but sadly, we're going to stick with Mel. And, uh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> no. Uh, you have been in a car of the mini uh, variety, Mel. Tell us what you've been in. Uh, car of the mini variety, but not mini in stature. Yes. Uh, in that it is the Clubman, so yep. the longest uh, of the kind of hatchy minis, even though it doesn't actually have a hatch. It's got barn doors. It's got the barn doors at the back, yeah. Uh, cool. By the way, I, it gets which, my seal Which I noticed yeah. driving the car that, that we have had during the week, and I put the rear wipers on, and it's two little wipers that go on the, <laughs> on the windows like, that so is amazing. cute. Yeah. A bit like the wide-body Camry wagon. Yes. It had, it had... Did it have more than two? No, it had two. Two. Okay. And I think the, the FJ Cruiser had three front wipers. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it yeah. Did. Uh, uh. Anyway. All right. So the Mini... Pretty striking uh, ...was car. the Clubman JCW, which yep. is the most powerful Mini we've seen in Australia. Uh, 225 kilowatts. Uh, I think it's 450 newton metres. 
Numbers that's familiar. So that's a lot. So much. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Numbers very familiar from the BMW M135i, which uh, it's the same engine. Uh, it's also got the all-wheel drive system from the, the Bimmer and mm-hmm. under the skin. They're pretty much the same car. Yeah. Uh, but it's really nice. It's a nice drive. I think it's the epitome of that. Because uh, you drove it too, mi- didn't you? I did. Yeah. That mini adage, go-kart feeling. You know, yeah. these cars must have go-kart feeling. And there are some minis, I've got to admit to, having driven and go, oh, I'm not really getting the go-kart feeling. Yeah. That thing, yeah. you betcha. I reckon a lot great. of it comes from, and I've always been a fan of the current Clubman in the way it drives. Mm-hmm. I reckon a lot of it comes from just being wider. Right. Mm. So you get the feeling of sitting lower and wider, and it just feels more like a go-kart. Super planned. Even it's though it's bigger. Is it yeah. still like overtly firm? I don't think so. Okay. I really don't think so. I've always found the Clubman to somehow ride quite well, even yeah. on massive wheels. I'd agree with that. I yeah, thought okay. it was pretty it's, pretty livable for sure. Uh, it, yeah. Um, Interesting. But um, I've never been a fan of the, the current Clubman from behind. Um mm. Anyway, but uh, it's the most practical. It's got a decent boot. It's got a decent back seat. Yep. The barn doors are interesting in that they really... You, you've got to shut them in sequence, which is annoying, and you uh. just know that someone's going to shut the wrong side wrong first way. and smash Make a huge dent, yeah. And you're not going to be wanted to re- wanting to re- be related to that person anymore. Right, right. Uh, but uh, right. They, they really... That's how s- things work in the Flynn family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, you've been evicted. Yeah. Uh, you shut the wrong barn door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out. <laughs> um... Anyway, uh, but the, yeah, the barn doors really just fling out at you when you yeah. when you open it. So yeah. they're, they're not sort of spring loaded, uh, motorized. I think it's more of a, a ram assisted. Assisted. They just go really, yoy, yoy. really. So you don't want to be parked too close to anything sort of adjacent to, or like have a toddler too close. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I nearly took out a toddler's head. Wow. To be truthful, <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite an admission to make on. Yeah, not well, quite to live be honest, radio. She pushed the button, but <laughs> kids loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. They came out onto the driveway and just went, oh, my God, look at this thing. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, look, they, they really do have a distinctive look. Yeah. And they're kind of, they look friendly and they're fun and you know, playful. I've got to say, for what it's worth, I reckon Mini, from a design point of view, has done a great job of evolving that new Mini idea, where the new ones don't necessarily make the earlier ones outcasts. It just builds on that kind of design heritage. Yeah. You look at an original Mini from whatever, 15 years ago, and go, yeah, it still looks yeah. fresh as, you know, and the new ones. Little touches like those circular DRLs in the in the laid-back headlights really yeah. give it a, a new personality. Yep. But the whole line looks broadly the same, you know? Just imagine the job of designing the next Mini. Mm. Make it look just like a Mini, but make it look new. Yeah. And it's tricky. make it look good. Yeah, hard. Oh, what a challenge. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What an absolute... Oh, and also or, or... make a, a long one with barn doors. Oh, and make an SUV. Oh, and remember when they made a like a the two-door coupe? Oh, yeah. And, and the little roads to The one. Rocket Man, which is a you know, two-door countryman, basically. But yeah. as well, I think there's a bit of, you know... The... Was it the Rocket Man? No, I, I, which was the mini-mini. That Ah, oh, what was the... But that the little, two-door countryman? That little roadster and the, the, two, oh, the tiny two-door. That they sold here but really didn't sell here. Oh, Paceman? Paceman. Thank yeah, you, Tom. Paceman. Well done. That's right. It was like a two-door Yeah, SUV. countryman with a weird little like coupe back. Yeah. And, yeah um, what I was going to say was I think they've sort of been to the school of Porsche 911 of just very Ooh, gradually, yeah. it's very carefully. Much the same. You're yeah. right, yeah. You're absolutely right. But also I think to those comments about multiple variants, I think many went all BMW. Like, mm, there were a few yeah. BMW people that went into Mini and go, right, 
Now we do the uh, SUV. Now we do the coupe, yeah, now we do the yeah, roadster. Now yeah. we do the two door SUV. What are you doing? But and that's all been reeled in a bit. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, that that reaction it's incited from my kids really gave me faith that the brand has potential. Good. You know, yeah, if great. you can impact people who don't know what they're looking at uh, and get that design right, that design evolution right, that's the challenge. But terrific. And that's what so many Japanese automakers have tried to do with like fun models, you know, yeah. to get that wow factor in. Yeah, it's just it Nissan did a great job in the late eighties. Yeah. yeah, well, it comes seamlessly to power and B one and all that Agree, agree. Yeah. So anyway, oh, that's, that's all I've got. James. Very good. Okay, now <laughs> so I always off. need to check. Um, now, <laughs> no props this week, James. Tom. You're going to tear up the rule book where yes. this car or these cars have not been in our garage. Yes. But they will be soon. They're imminently. You had an opportunity to chat with people at Subaru. Tell us what you turned up. Yeah, so um, it was a launch event for right. uh, the hybrid versions of the Subaru Forester and XV, uh, which have been long awaited. Uh, they've been talking about doing it for quite some time. Um, and there were no cars to drive because, and there's a supposedly good reason for it, is that they've sold every single last one of them. So you can't, they've launched this car, it's not even in dealers yet, and you can't buy one until May because they've sold so many that they now have a backlog already. Was that because they only had three of them? You know, <laughs> no, well, what, like, what it was, kind of volume did they have? It was interesting. On the day, they had the big setup and they had, oh, I don't know, um, X amount of forests. There were, there were a few, yep. um, but they said, uh, you know, please don't, scratch any of them because they're all going customer to customer cars customers right <laughs> um, so uh, but the, the the numbers are um, the the Subaru's problem for a long time has been supply because someone at the uh, conference asked they said oh you know are you concerned about the downturns in the Australian market and they li- pretty much literally laughed it off and said no we we can't get enough cars out of our factory to sell them all because the our factory's at capacity and first they got hit by stink bugs then they got hit by a typhoon, and now they've been hit by having to split their supply line over hybrid and the regular range. Mm. Um, so the deal is um, they can only get 150 cars per month to Australia o- across both Forester and XV, only 150 cars per month, and they were a bit vague on the split of those 150 cars, um, but they said they already have a backlog of 700. Wow. So you can't even look at one probably in a dealer until May. Right. Um, yeah. So and, and it was interesting talking to them and finding out the reasons for that. So um, y- you might think that, oh, you know, some hybrid variants fly under the radar and whatnot, but um, they, were say- they pretty much placed the blame solely on RAV4 and said RAV4 has been so successful in changing that perception, swinging the pendulum towards uh, the ex- widespread acceptance of hybrid models that um, they got overwhelmed by um, offers to, or like uh, wanting to buy one, I suppose. That's that's an interesting litmus test, isn't it? That for a lot of people, once Toyota's doing it, yeah, it's mainstream, I can trust it, it becomes more palatable. Yeah. yeah. And so just to be clear, these are series hybrids. So you've got a petrol engine and electric motor and they kind of pop in and out like a Prius. Yes. Work, works a bit different. So um, there was the question asked, um, is it... Toyota hybrid drivetrain technology given how closely Subaru and Toyota have been working together but it's something developed by Subaru uh, on its own and it is different from the Toyota system and they explain those differences they said that uh, the Subaru um, uh, Subaru has its own battery pack that's designed to fit specifically in those cars it's a lithium ion battery pack not a nickel hydride thank one. goodness so it should be yep and um, I mean not for the environment it but, turns uh, out that the electric motor is um, in the CVT like it's sort of inside it. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so it's not one that's straight on the wheels or it's not one that's on a rear axle or something. It's it's inside the transmission. So it's got its own way of doing that. And, th- and that, the way yeah. they pitch that... Well, so would, they say. So, the, <laughs> so they say. You, did you pull it apart and check? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I asked the Mr. Engineer Bring your bolts, man, your, your yeah. spanners. Yeah, yeah. Brought, brought my socket set. And, and some bolts. Yeah. And some bolts. Well, Just to put something extra on there. It's have some spares. Yeah. I made sure I... <laughs> Well, actually, that's the other interesting thing. Because I was going to say, I was going to say, I made sure I put the spare wheel under when I jacked it up. But they don't have spare wheels anymore, which is one of the downsides. Yes. So, because um, uh, the lithium lithium ion pack takes up the, yep, the rest of the room. But they will have a puncture repair kit. They have a puncture repair kit. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, re- so really interesting times about Subaru, and they did yeah. drop some really interesting um, uh, sort of truth bombs in there. <gasps> we love a good truth, truth bomb. bomb. We're all about does. to be covered in fact shrapnel. Oh, God. <laughs> Truth bomb. Come on, pull the pin. All right, so... Light the they, wick. They flicked up this slide, which we've just written a new story on. It's up on Cars Guide. You can go have a look on our news section. But um, they, they flicked up this slide when um, when they had their Japanese ex- executives up there bringing in the, like, the big news from um, Subaru HQ. And it was that um, basically they have this really detailed phase-out plan for uh, combustion engines. And it was, it was down to each... They had like a little kind of time bracket for where they're going to introduce and phase out everything in the next in the next few years, all the way up to 2030. And they said basically in 2030 there's going to be an electric version of every single nameplate, and they don't want to add new nameplates just to do electric, like a lot of brands have done. They said no, we're going to keep our familiar nameplates. They're going to be familiar to customers. They're still going to have all-wheel drive, but boxer engine. After 2030, it's going to be phased out for real. It's gone. I love that transparency because yeah. I mean I've seen Mazda showing their timelines and their acknowledgement that you know hybrids are, are kind of an interim solution. Um, we're talking generations here. We're not talking six months. Yeah. But uh, you know Mercedes as well and got plenty of others. But it's great to see Subaru as they they must be so excited to finally offer a hybrid. Yeah. To acknowledge that. It's here, but there's plenty more to come. But also, like, it's here. It's already sold out. Like, we, like, yeah. they, it was like they couldn't believe what had happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they, right. they, the reception to it was so good. Right. And, um, yeah, so uh, they had that. And it was interesting to see as well stuff that they were just introducing now. They were transparent about the fact that, no, it's a stopgap measure. So they said this is what they describe as, like, a mild hybrid solution, not kind of mild hybrid in the sense that it's got a big battery pack. like and an alternator. Yeah. Fancy alternator. Um, it, it's properly hybrid, but they described it as mild, mild hybrid and said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna have this from the 2020s, and by 2030 it's phased out and it's replaced by either fully electric or what they called strong hybrid." But they they weren't as open All about right. what strong hybrid meant. That must be more electric than yes, petrol. But Maybe still the, with mo- petrol the engine moves to range extender status. Exactly. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was kind of the vibe they were giving. Yeah. Um. So that was really interesting to see, and it was the same with their new 1.8 liter engine that's coming in. That is rumored to be kind of the entry point for the new WRX slash Lavorg. Um, yeah, and that twin. 1.8 is a boxer. It's a boxer. It's a, it's a new engine. Um, but it in on this timeline it was like introduced in 2020 phase out before Amazing. 2030 so well, it's great like, for them to put it out there that yeah. yeah we're, we're going to build this entire engine that is literally just going to be a stopgap amazing cool. all right thank you very much tom <clears throat> all very interesting pardon me and i will chip in with the nissan navara Entrek. now tom when we're off air mm-hmm. you posed the question what is the difference between the Entrek mm-hmm. and the Entrek? Warrior, which is what Crafty calls it. Yeah, but the it's warrior. actually the warrior. Very concerning. Yes. <laughs> it's nervous. <laughs> but Mal, you might be able to shed some light on that because you attended the launch of both of those products. Yeah, tell us the difference between the Entrek and Entrek Warrior. Right. 
Cool. Here's the story. Strap yourselves in. Perhaps some <laughs> truth bombs. Fact shrapnel. Yep. Uh, so, right. These two cars work together. They are kind of necessary for each other to exist for Australia. So, Nissan has secured so many cars out of the Thai manufacturing facility uh, with this, uh, the Entrec interior, Entrec exterior, you know, tinted headlights, blackened uh, yep. grille instead of chrome, a whole bunch of visual tweaks. Um, and so the Entrec itself gives Nissan a range of Wildtrak equivalent right. for a much cheaper price. Yep. But the Entrec is what, you know, is delivered to Premcar in ah. Melbourne for them to convert into a Warrior. 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 I say yep. Warrior. It's <laughs> yeah, very yeah. easy to slip there. <laughs> crafty. I can see Crafty. Even when he's not here, he's having his influence. <laughs> yeah, Crafty's fans slash enemies in the comments. You yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> so the the Warrior is more like a Raptor, like a, a, to a lesser degree, but it still sneaks under the price of a Ranger Wild Track. Okay. So this is mm-hmm. all very exciting. Anyway, the actual physical difference uh, is the uh, the Warrior gets uh, springs and dampers, Um Gets a bespoke tow bar, gets all-terrain uh, tyres, proper all-terrain tyres. Uh, gets a, a one-inch smaller wheel, which gives you more sidewall mm-hmm. on the tyres. So the I think it's got a net uh, ride height increase of 40-something millimetres. No, oh, okay. Very, very little of it, though, is actual suspension travel. So it's mostly tyre. But uh, it's, it's a carefully chosen, engineered, cohesive package that actually works really nicely. Yeah. And they've managed to do it at a really good price. Yeah, There's right. a few other visual tweaks. It gets bespoke stickers. Um, what else? But no more power, yeah? That's, no more power, yeah. once again. Mm. You're dead right. Um, it has, you know, a, a take, the payload takes a, a hit, obviously, because you've got more weight in the car. That's what always happens, you know. The uh, If you look at the spec sheets, the, the two-door single cab always has a greater payload than the four-wheel drive dual cab tub tray, just because the... It's the same chassis underneath, the same axles, etc. But the body is much lighter on a two-door single cab. Well, there are some things that make me curious that with these, you know, higher performance Ute models, that you'd think that there were there were some mild kind of levers to pull in terms of engine tune. You know, you can do an ECU flash and maybe yeah. a, a, like a, a sportier exhaust that actually gives you a slight power bump. And you think yeah. that'd be enough but for some people? That's where your dodgy brain goes, though, Tom. It is. So you yeah. just said, oh, we'll just do a flash tune. Yeah, mate, that's dodgy, totally. brother. I just I just get it from the internet, USB stick. Off yeah, you go. That's right. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> Too right. It's easy to do, but it's not easy to revalidate and the make car compliant. for yeah, emissions yeah. compliance, yeah. 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 durability. Yeah, it's got to suit the warranty, etc. And what uh, the local team has done to create the Warrior, also impressively, is covered by all the same warranty terms. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's et cetera, so true. Yeah. As the regular Navara. Same with the Mustang Iceback. Yeah. All right. So you well, get the same amazingly. Yeah. I'll yeah. give you a quick rundown on this car, which was not the Warrior. It was the Entrec. Yeah. Um, so it's the 2.3 turbo diesel. Yep. It's 59 odd thousand dollars before you've paid on-road costs. So it's reasonable bickies for, for this thing. Um, it's 140 kilowatts, 450 newton meters. Gets along pretty well. The thing I found was it was looks pretty tough, but it's quite noisy. Mm. Uh, um, that that's a Ute thing occasionally, but I found it. And it's five point two meters long, has a twelve point four meter turning circle. Oh, geez. And to turn that thing around, it really is like you're at the helm of an ocean liner. It, it's it's pretty big. Uh, I really love the interior. 
it's a great it was a gray exterior this one but it had like a mesh orange treatment oh, yeah. to the leather seats that looked really cool and very now you know I thought it was really modern uh, and appealing I've got a neighbor on each I've got neighbors on each side funnily enough but um, one of them had an STX Navara uh, and has just got rid of it came up it was all over this car like oh wow this is what I'm thinking of I really like the idea of this and I gave him a cheeky drive around the the block and he came back and loved it so they might have one customer there (laughs) and then the person on the other side is a tradie who's always at me like oh when am I going to have to buy an electric ute (laughs) he's really worried about you know having to go to a lecky ute Um, didn't get any feedback from him this time but very good sounding boards in terms Mm. of light commercial vehicles but uh, the 8 inch screen now you have your Apple CarPlay and your Android Auto all that's very civilised so I enjoyed my time in the mm. car, just with some Ute shortcomings that are kind of category wide yeah. in terms of noise and turning circle and things like that. I really like the look of it. I thought I, it was fun. I, I love the visual appeal of it. Yeah, like seeing it in the car park, I was like, yeah. "Hey, it looks good." Yeah, they've done a really good job of it. Yeah, like we've seen so many sticker packs in the past yeah. that are just you know slapping on randomly yeah. chosen stickers or something of someone else's accessory list, but but these really just work a lot more cohesive. feels pretty cohesive, yeah. I agree. That's a really good point. My, my favourite one that's a randomly chosen sticker is the one that's got the tyre marks that descend into rubble. Uh, that's a really common one. Don't you buy those at Super Cheap? And <laughs> you probably get them. All right, now. I like to create them organically. Oh. Speaking okay. of creating like things. You drive up the side of you. <laughs> creating things organically. It's time for Muskwatch. <laughs> Right, so we're going we're gonna to rattle through the travels of the dear leader this week. And firstly, it's time travel. Uh, because okay. on Twitter, Elon was talking about some SpaceX developments. He's saying, uh, we had the wrong settings uh, to make the welds super flat and strong. We're building a heavy-duty custom plenisher. Uh, but just having the right settings is a major improvement. To which the Pope of Muscanity came back and said, <laughs> the who? you would have saved time if you had used the right settings first. Have you considered time travel to save time, chosen one? And why were you in Canada in 1914? Why was your name Raymond Collishaw? And why was your occupation ace fighter pilot? <laughs> now, there's doppelganger. Okay, oh, this yeah. Canadian pilot looks a lot like the dear leader. Yep. And for those on YouTube, we'll have images of both of those people. Could be the same person. Could be. Um, and Elon came back and said, full disclosure, I'm actually a 3,000-year-old vampire. It's such a trial, assuming all these false identities over the centuries. Yeah. So that was his comeback to that. Now, Grimes. Uh, oh, yeah. Grimes, the uh, pop artiste, has been connected with Elon for some time, and she is with child at the moment. So E! News says that the singer is sharing that she and the Tesla creator are already making plans for the future as they await the birth of their baby. For example, the 31-year-old says she's created a digital version of herself so that (laughs) even as she raises her child, she can still do shows, photo shoots and more without actually being physically present. Is this like the two-pack hologram? (laughs) This is why they're attracted to one another, because they're both Fruit Loops. And then he says, uh, she says, and after I have my, uh, she explains, having a digital body allows me to keep working throughout the later stages of my pregnancy and after I have my baby so I can spend more time <gasps> with them. It's an exo. It's hard for me to do photo shoots and fit into, into clothes at the moment, but with War Nymph, this is her digital self, uh, in, is here in your magazine promoting my album for me. So War Nymph is her digital uh-huh. self. 
people on YouTube will be able to see a picture of War Nymph. And is so that the also says, her Xbox gamer tag? Could be. Yeah. War Nymph is my digital avatar, aka my digital self. Everyone is living two lives, their digital life and their offline life. I want to untether my two lives from each other for mental health purposes. Ha, mm. ha, ha. Uh, also for fun. So her real name is actually... <laughs> Her real Mental name health is, is a lot of fun. Her name is Claire opinion. Elise Boucher. So she's Good changed it to Grimes things. and then to War Nymph. So right. this is a person who has an equally, shall we say, complex personality. And I imagine the magnetism between she and the dear leader was inevitable. This sounds like something out of like a, a science fiction novel. Yeah. But it's happening now. It's Just, real. It's real. It's real. Now, also on Twitter... There was some footage of the Starship nose cone being produced in the Boca Chica, Texas facility. I thought there was right? an ignition duct being assembled. No. Look, oh. it looks like something, and again, people on YouTube will have footage of it. It looks like something I'd build. Yeah. Income, it is scary. Yeah. I have a welder. Have I told you I have a welder? Yes, although, anyway, I bet you welder. Although a, a, lot of, a lot of real space stuff does look like something knocked up in a garage. Not like this, mate. No. <laughs> crappy. Look, there are crappy but, oxy bottles. There are cords everywhere. Shift, shifty old witches' hats, blokes in old boiler suits, you know, just getting around with their steel caps on. And it just looks homemade. Everything yeah, right. just, even yeah. when it's put together, you can see the waviness of the different metal panels. This like is a, going like into the space. Defender. Oh, mate. As it rolled off the production line with factory dents. The other complication is that there's been a bit of um, castle-style compulsory acquisition of houses. Well, not compulsory. As in the castle? The, yeah. This she's dreaming. Top Australian, he's dreaming. Top Australian movie. Mm. He's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. Mm. Um, with SpaceX coming in and giving people a valuation of three times the market value of their house because they want to expand out. And Boca Chica was initially, originally going to be just this kind of backyardy development place. Now it's leading edge. We're going to be testing stuff that might blow up you know, all the time. Yeah, right. So these locals in the town aren't exactly thrilled. Is this in Florida? Texas. Okay. It's in Texas. So different to the Boca now, Florida that Now, when we focus to. on Tesla, the share price was $899 when we checked in last week, just on the cusp mm. of 900 obviously. Having it's, risen lots. It's at $679. It's dropped a couple of hundred bucks in a week. Now, allegedly, this is coronavirus having its way with the market more broadly, and it's knocked the steam out of a lot of different stocks. But Wall Street's most bullish analysts are moving to the sidelines after Tesla's epic run. So mm. their recommendation broadly is hold rather than buy. So 200 bucks in a week, that's a pretty decent so is, fall. Is that I mean, a pun? Uh, bullish? No. Oh. Bulls I and bears, mate. Suppose it would be hold <laughs> off of the idea that if the virus does spread further, there's further losses to be had before yeah. gains can be... Could be. Recouped. Could be. Or it could just be that a lot of people buying Teslas have coronavirus. Yeah. I'm and not a qualified a, financial advisor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, any advice we give uh, is our own and not yours and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, with that, we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And thank you, Mel. And, You're welcome, And James. thanks to our technical ninja and content hero in, res- in residence, Mr. Pritchard, for helping us appear semi-functional. Um, he's in the Trump stable genius shirt transparent waterproof shorts and bread slippers which is a knockout combination honestly bread is bread the material or the bread color bread slippers they they're like a baguette mm-hmm. and they're carved out 
Um, so you have the crusty bit on the bottom, yep. and you slip your toe into the you know just baked. Oh, as opposed the to the Howard Hughes tissue boxes. No, that's right. That's right. No, <laughs> it's they're bread slippers. That sounds like a disaster when it comes to foot sweat. Well, but anyway, them. and they're, what about oh, arch support? Yeah. Arch support. Well, oh. maybe the bread is all right. If it's a bit stale, it should be all right. Depends thought. on the grade of bread, too. Yeah, it does. Mm. Mr. Pritchard can fill us in after Density, the show. Yeah. Please pass on the word about the podcast and let us know your thoughts by searching for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Please do that. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us. Five stars would be great. And remember, you can watch us on YouTube. But before we go, this week three of my mates uh, told me about their summer road trip. Of course, they got lost and ended up broken down on a remote track. Uh, no phone reception, so they decided to make the trek back to civilization. Davo, grabbing the esky, says, let's each take something to help us on the long walk, adding, at least we'll have something to drink. So Macca takes out the camp chairs, saying, if we get tired, we can rest comfortably. Um, finally, Baz couldn't work out what he wanted to take, and after walking in circles for a few minutes, gets an idea and says... I'm going to take a car door. So Davo and Macca look at him sideways and he responds with, well, if it gets hot, we can just put the window down. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like Baz very much. I don't, I don't see him as much as I used to. 